everybody. This is Jane Cormier, your host here on WKXL New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We welcome you to Artful Living. 2024, folks. Oh, my goodness. Another new year, another new program. And uh, Artful Living is looking forward to bringing forth some really cool community programming and some other very cool ideas uh, for our listening audience. And uh, today we have a guest that is local. He's a local youngster here who's sort of getting his feet wet in the theater world. And his name is Luca J. Pellegrini. And uh, Luca, welcome today. Hi, Jane. How are you? Um, doing doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, we were talking before uh, we get on, before we go online, on air, I should say. Uh, what we do is ask people how they, I always ask the name, you know, like make sure I don't mispronounce the name. And uh, his name is spelled Pellegrini, but he said, no, it's Pellegrini. And I said, why? So tell us that story. Alrighty, so this isn't going to be a perfect rendition. I haven't heard it for, like properly told in a while, but my uh, great-grandfather, uh, Louis Giuseppe Pellegrini, I believe was his name, uh, he came over on Ellis Island, I think around the... 20s or 1910s, and he spelled the name P-E-L-L-E-G-R-I-N-I. But when he got to Ellis Island, I think it was he dotted his I's in a very particular way, and so while the clerks over at Ellis Island were reading it, they couldn't fully understand his handwriting, so they (laughs) saw an E. So they changed the last letter of it to an E. Ah, what a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, and that, of course, is the legal record when you come over from a from other countries, right? Yeah. So it's spelled like that, but it but it says E, Pellegrini. Yeah. Do you speak Italian? Nope. Does anybody in your family? Um, nobody in my immediate family. I think I probably have some extended <coughs> members who can speak it. Well, Giuseppe is mm-hmm. as Italian as it goes. Joe. Mm-hmm. It's the name Joseph. Yeah. But it's as Italian as you can get. So, uh, what part of Italy do you know that they immigrate from? Um, is it? Sandinata, I think, maybe. Oh, I might yeah. be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad knows the locale. He, um, I don't think he oh. visited it, but he met people from there. Yeah. I I can't remember specifically right now, but it's I think okay. it's around that area. West, yeah. Western, I think. That's pretty cool. I always like to hear about uh, you know families that immigrate over here. It's it's melting part of America back then. It was the great, yep. you know great opportunity right mm-hmm. all right so uh luca yes we we had you on a couple of weeks ago uh as part of the P- pitfield players show that we put on mm-hmm. and uh tell us a little bit about yourself how old are you so i am 19 20s right around the corner okay um i have only been an actor for a very short while relatively coming on about two years so what it was is i was in my senior year of high school and I was doing a lot. I was the class president. I was um, having a grand old time, getting in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> and the school announced that it was doing Little Shop of Horrors, which was a bit of a surprise because COVID, you know, killed the drama department. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I wanted to be a writer. Um, oh, that, really? Yeah, no, that was my plan. I was going to be a like a writer for novels, comics, and like film. Or mm-hmm. at least that, that would be like the end goal. Um, but... I always had, like, some interest in acting. I was in the acting clubs and stuff, and I thought, this would be fun. So um, I go there, and the director of it was um, 
Megan Dale, who is the president of the uh, Pittsfield Players, mm-hmm. and the now current vice president was our music director, um, Kat, who is who works here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did auditions, and I auditioned for the part of yeah. the dentist because that was just like the most fun part. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I knew I could get it because, you know, I had a rather um, interesting personality in high school. People thought I was a very... Um, very Orange Scrivello like character as is, so I went to that audition, mm-hmm. got the part that I knew I was going to get, and man, I just fell in love with the production. I fell in love with doing it, and Megan told me about Jekyll and Hyde, which she was producing um, that October, and I was like, you know what? Why don't I give a shot at acting? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she hooked me up with a part in Wolfboro uh, in a show called Ladies in Lingerie, which I got the lead, didn't even audition. Wow. I was so excited that definitely. Skyrocketed my ego a little bit. Um, <laughs> so why do you like acting? Um, what about it brings brings you to that door? It it's a form of creation. I feel I feel like as somebody who was super interested in storytelling before I got into acting, it's kind of like a form of storytelling in itself. But you're creating you're not creating the overall story. You're creating the story of one character so you can properly um, bring it to life, mm-hmm. and that's really what I like about it. You know, I can create my own story of how my character feels in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, um, honestly, my words can't describe it best. Actually, um, Mark Hamill, who played, um, you know, Luke Skywalker and stuff, he said it really well. His job as an actor is to create a scenario in his head to properly tell the story that the director or the writer wants. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I resonate with those words. That's very so. smart because, yeah. you know what, um, sadly, I think there's a lot of, especially young actors, and maybe not even so young, or performers in general, mm-hmm. that do not understand the necessity to have some conform- conformity there or conf- to conform mm-hmm. with a uh, director or, uh, you know, writer. Because if you don't do that, the production can fall apart. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it has, like it or not, somebody has to be in charge of the production, no matter what it is, if it's an opera, if it's a musical, if it's a straight play. Mm-hmm. And no matter how great the actor is, if they don't conform to what that is, it falls apart because it, it, they're just pieces that just never come together. So Hamill was probably pretty smart in giving that definition. Uh, certainly, I think it's up to the actor's prerogative to decide how to get there. And I think that's probably the more interesting part of the acting you know world how do we how do i take what i feel and and form that into what the director's vision is and that's a very creative process yeah i definitely like the collaborative process of storytelling um which i think is another reason why i like acting is because when it comes to writing my own story i i sometimes can struggle because it's just me right and um obviously i can infer with other people but when it comes to something like acting um, and I'm only used to stage acting. I haven't done much with, like, filming. But um, they're but so that, very different too. Oh yeah, no, I know that yeah. definitely. Um, actually, I was more interested in film before I got into theater. But now I'm like, I don't know how I would do with that if I tried it because it's such a different beast. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's basically as I am, as I'm working and developing a, a story or a character, if you will, I'm always working with somebody. With right. It. It's very collaborative. You bounce ideas off, and and I find that anytime I come up with an idea, if it's bounced off, somebody can get better. 
because yes, always know, two heads better than one. Right, absolutely, and you find out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, that helps everybody get better. Mm-hmm. Production, director, actor, everyone. So, um, you you like the acting side? What about the music side? Are you have you been looking at that side as well, or? Um, because because there's two musicals that you just did, right? You uh, just yeah. listed, yeah. Yeah, no. So, um. So music, I had a much more pedestrian view of music. I, music's really important to me. I really like music, but I wasn't always into the super classical stuff. Um, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, Mozart's always a good listen. Um, for me, it was, I was a really big fan of rock. I'm still, rock mm-hmm. is still my favorite genre. Sure. That was the music I was into, and it was very important to me. I loved listening to music. Um, and actually, before I did Little Shop, I joined the high school chorus. Mm-hmm. Um because I wanted to, you know, learn how to sing. And I was really bad at chorus. Don't get me wrong, but it was a it was a fun experience. Uh, and it got me started. Whereas if I hadn't have done that, I probably wouldn't have done very well in Little Shop. But, right. Um, but for me, for the long time I was acting, I, I always was like, well, I'm a better actor than I am a singer or yeah. musician. Um, and also, I completely forgot to mention, I was actually in the concert band at my high school. And that I really oh. enjoyed. What did you play? Uh, I was a bell player. Really? Uh, yeah, I played like um, bell kit, xylophone, stuff like that. Cool. I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with it. My first, the first instrument I learned was piano. I know a couple instruments. I'm not very good at them, but I know them. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy it. I do enjoy performing, but I always thought that acting was the thing that I was good at. It actually wasn't until I met you on like Curtain Up and you started like properly teaching me how to sing because I did not actually know how to sing before I met you. Uh. I was just kind of making it up as I went along. Um, <laughs> that's when I really started to like, you know, feel the music as I was performing. Uh-huh. And so now I hold a lot more interest in it and I like really like it a lot. And um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to see myself as a good actor and performer, but also a good musician. I'm trying to improve my self-discipline. That was yes. something I didn't really have in high school was the self-discipline of being a musician. And so I'm trying to do that better now because like I'm really starting like I said, feel the music. Sure. Well, I mean, it's all it's all together. It's all learning. Yeah. And being a well-rounded performer, I think, can, can allot you an awful lot of advantage out there. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a little break here. WKXL, Artful Living. Jane Cormier, your host. NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We will be right back. Artful Living, Jane Cormier, your host here today on WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. We thank you for joining us. And we have a guest today, a young man, 19 years old, Luca J. Pellegrini. And are uh, you from Pittsfield, correct? Um, actually, I'm not from Pittsfield. You're not? Where are um, you from? I am from a little town called Norwood, Massachusetts. Oh, I didn't know you were from Norwood. Uh, yeah. Very yeah, no. Good. Actually, I've surprisingly met a lot of people from Norwood when I moved up to New Hampshire I was like huh must be a popular uh, huh. must be a popular move so how, how long ago did you move here um so I lived the first 10 years of my life in Norwood uh, and then we moved to a much smaller town called Millis and I was there up until the last day of freshman year of high school oh. packed the moving van moved up here I see and we moved to Barnstead ah and I went to school in Alton um and I was living in Barnstead for about three and a half years, and then 
uh, I decided to go out on my own and I've been like location hopping a little bit, but staying in mostly the, like the lakes region. I've been, I was in Alton, went to Pittsfield, went back to Barnstead. And now I'm back in Pittsfield. <laughs> You're in the lakes region. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So uh, what are you doing for, for work right now? I am a paraeducator at Pittsfield Middle wow, High School. Oh, that's good. Yep. We definitely are in need of paras these days. It seems like in the education oh, yeah. world, that's the big one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like it? Um, yes, I do like it's, it. It's, it's not easy work, is it's it? It's absolutely not easy work. I've done it. And uh, I've, in education, I've done this probably much I haven't done in education. And I could tell you, I've worked at schools where I taught seven classes a day. I've uh, worked in boarding schools where you just never had time off. Even at night, you were, quote, on duty. Nothing was more difficult than being an aide, a teacher aide. It, uh, 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 or a, like, what, what, what do you call it today? A uh, paraeducator. A paraeducator, yes. And uh, it's a really tough gig. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no. So what, what part about it do you like? What part of it is, try, is trying for you? Um... So I like working with kids. Um, yeah. You know, I was um, I was in special education growing up. I, I went to school in Boston. Um, I went to a uh, out of district school for my behavior, um, and so I feel like I can really re- relate to a lot of these kids in in special ed. You know, it took me years to be able to not even just go into general ed, but even to go into a public school. Really? Yeah. It, it wasn't until um, so it was basically you know the first. Because I kept getting kicked out of like kindergarten and preschool, I had to finish kindergarten like when I went to the school where I started my first grade. Yeah, and I stayed there all the way up until the eighth grade. We tried a stint of putting me in back in public school in the second grade to see if any of the work I was doing was working. Two weeks later, I broke a teacher's nose, and they had to send me back. What happened? I mean, what was going on? Um, I was having a bit of a meltdown, and okay. I asked the teacher to leave me alone. She did not. I threw a shoe at her face. Oh my goodness. I felt I made my point very clear, and she was not listening. Wow. So so I had to go back. Um, and then freshman year, I was in public school, but I was in sort of like the the school for the more troubled students because okay. I was small, and I was used to a small environment, and mm-hmm. they didn't know if I would do well in a full-blown school. Right. And I did okay. My behavior got a little more rowdy um, just because the nature of the school. You know, you imitate where you are kind of thing. But when we moved up to New Hampshire, my mom just really wanted to try to see if I could make it in a full-blown actual public school. So I went to Prospect Mountain High School. And how'd it go? Um, I graduated senior uh, class president. So Yeah, you did okay. Yeah. So you see the mainstreaming there did work. Yep, absolutely. And so... Now that I'm working in special education, I know what a lot of these kids are going yeah. through, and they have their own problems too. But it's, um, but it's something I can relate to. I can try to relate to at least. Yeah. Um, You're coming from a place where you understand challenge. Yeah, and that's going to help them. Yeah, absolutely. That's and, great. And special education is is a very stigmatizing place to be in. Yes. So it can be hard. So I, I try to be helpful, and I try to you know. That's good. Yeah. That's good. There, there is so much, though, that's put on paraeducators today, you know, and they're, they're so in need. I mean, you know, I don't know one school that doesn't need a para. That's just how it is, okay? And uh, the, the paras that they do have are then pressed into, like, double duty to cover all the holes that are left 
because they just don't have enough coverage for, for paraeducators in most schools anyway. So that's where I think the stress and the challenge comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what? So t- 19 years old, you're working in a school. You were going to be a writer, but now you're looking maybe at doing something a bit more creative or performing. Mm-hmm. Um, what What do you think some options are for you going forward? Um, I'm not entirely sure. So I am really enjoying <clears throat> education. And if, you know, if the acting or writing thing doesn't work out, I was thinking maybe I could go to school to become a proper special ed teacher. Mm. Um just to, because again, I do enjoy working in education. Sure. Um, but for the acting side of it, um, uh, well, what do you see yourself doing? What would you like to do? I guess I would like to be a stage actor. Um, and also, I don't want to completely abandon writing. I think I might want to shift my focus into maybe being a playwright instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess maybe just take a community college program and acting in stage or maybe try to see if I could find education at a conservatory. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure. I didn't look too much into, into post-high school education because I wasn't interested in college in high school. Mm-hmm. So I'm not... So I, I never had that phase of being a teenager where it's like I was looking into colleges sure. and stuff. Sure. So I'm not too sure where I would go, but I'm kind of reaching that point now where I am thinking about starting to actually look into it like okay what are my options what's the best i can do well i think it's interesting that we're no longer in that time where you do high school and you go four years to college those days i think are behind us because kids are and people are finding out that college maybe isn't uh financially speaking anyway everything it was cracked up to be going into debt for four years for a gig that or a job that's not going to even pay your student debt um is a scary thing right could be a scary thing on the other hand um, being from, I was the last of eight kids. I was the only kid in my house that went to college. And, um, you know, I can remember that there was real pushback about going to college because nobody thought I would finish. Hmm. Um, and I didn't do classical music until I was in high, in college. So it was rock and mu- musical theater. That's all I did until I was about 21. Oh, cool. Yeah. But um, I can tell you that... Everybody was saying, oh, creative arts, that's a, you know, it's a degree. You're not going to make any money with it. And I have never had a single moment of regret um, about my education. Um, I, I was so very lucky where I went to school, and it propelled me forward to really excelling in a higher way. And from, a, you know, last of eight kids, middle-class America, um, I, I had a pretty good you know, trajectory from there. So I'm, I am a big believer that I think school works when you go not necessarily for the job, but for the excellence. And I think there's a difference, you know. Okay. And, I, you know, for a performer, I think that the goal should be excellence. I don't care what it is or whatever you do. Yeah, if you're the greatest accountant you can be, I think that, that that's the big thing is to go for excellence. And the fear should be something that, especially while we're young or when you're young, sidelined. Um, but it's a lot of juggling to do, Absolutely. you know, when you have to look at it. Yeah. So what kind of theater do you enjoy the most? Um, hard to say. I've been doing back-to-back musicals and, again, learning more of how much I like to perform music. But, um, but straight plays have their own attraction to them. Sure. Um, I can really... I feel better dive my head into a character, feel like I am in that world. My favorite role that I did was in a show called 
um, Curious Sense of the Dog in the Nighttime. Mm-hmm. I played the lead, uh, Christopher Boone. It's a story about a young autistic boy in England who is framed for the murder of a dog. Or just wrong place, wrong time. A dead dog's found. Yeah, He's the weird kid in the neighborhood. Everybody thinks he does it. And so he has to prove himself that he, you know, is innocent. Right. And the funny thing about that show is that it's not set up as a lights up, lights down show. Everything, as soon as lights go up, lights stay up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that show, I was, I was Christopher for an hour and a half. I got a 15-minute break. And then I was Christopher again for another hour. Yeah. Um, and that's quite a different thing from a musical. Oh, yeah. and But I really enjoyed it. Um, Christopher was somebody I could relate to from my background and my experiences with autism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that was the funny thing is that like, um, Christopher was a much more, I guess, stereotypical autistic character, whereas a lot of people are surprised to find that that I'm on the spectrum. Sure. A lot of people are. And oh, you yeah, never know. I mean, yeah. I think artistic and creative people, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from my experience of being in the performing world, and this is what, since seven years old, um, yeah, spectrum is a reality. And who cares? Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, it means nothing. So, it, you know, for, I guess for services it would if you were in dire need. But yeah. creatively, I think maybe we're all on the spectrum. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a little break here. Artful Living, Jane Cormier, your host. WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Stay right where you are because we're coming right back. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living, here on WKXL, New Hampshire, talkradio.com. We thank you for joining us this morning. And we are talking all things, well, I guess all things in drama and theater with Luca J. Pellegrini. And uh, Luca is a young man who's been recently working with Pittsfield Players. Uh, we had the opportunity to do a couple of events together, and uh, I'm thrilled to have him today because we get to hear from someone that's really just starting the process of culling where the future is going to go in theater. And uh, of course, Art for Living is about all things art, not just art and performance art, but, you know, living, living well as well. But um, he did bring up something, Luca, that I think maybe folks in our audience might not really have thought about. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were telling us that you had been doing musicals you know, in a number of them in a row. Yep. And I, I, that really is backward to what most people do in the stage world um, because the theater part is really the part I think that most people start with and then move into the musical theater part. So you really came in a little bit on the more difficult side. Uh, why is that? Well, the funny thing is you were talking about the straight play you did where you got to really be the essence of this character you were playing Christopher yep. and when you're doing straight acting mm-hmm. there's no time frame per se on how you're going to produce that character right you, you have an hour and a half of course or an hour whatever your time is on the stage yep. but every night mm-hmm. you can change up your reaction your thought process in there your character a little bit 
You cannot, when you're playing to eight measures of music. Oh, yeah. yeah everything is, dis- when you are in musical theater, especially mm-hmm. opera, uh, you are absolutely committed to the time frame of the song or the music involved. And if you get eight measures to be, you know, incredibly happy or 20 measures that you're going to die in, that changes the theater and the and the creative and the acting time immensely. So you see, you're not wrong when you said you want to take maybe a break from from doing musicals. That's because you were doing double duty in yeah. trying to f- make that fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the good thing about straight plays is it allows the actor to get comfortable in their own skin with their own skill set, and then it's easier to move into the music. Yeah. But you were doing the music part, which was very defined timing. Yeah. You know? So I think that that was a, that's an important point, I think, to, yeah. to make clear. You know, because it's on top of like learning, you know, music, you're also learning lines and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's really double duty. And, and like, I can read music and stuff. But like, again, I'm not the most, like, I, I feel like my musical skill has really improved. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like the most like naturally musically gifted person. Something I really had to work at. Yeah. Um, and that's and okay so for too. That, and so for me, that's really hard. Um, well, it's a skill set for a performing artist too, especially let's say you do uh, if you do some summer theater. Yeah. Um, for the young singers and performers out there that want to do summer theater to get their union credits, right? So they could become union. Uh, they go off and they do summer stock and they get credits toward becoming a card member for the union for the performing, you know, performing world. Um, but when you can sing, it's a real skill. And, you know, if you can act and sing and dance, mm-hmm. your trifecta, so to speak, yep. you open up the door to three different types of performances, right? So you can't, you can go beyond the straight play. You can go beyond the musical. Um, you know, so that, those skill things, when I was a kid, yeah. that was how you built an actor. The mm-hmm. actor did not just do straight acting. Do you know the actor Michael Chiklis? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Okay. Yeah. So I went to school with Michael Chiklis. Yeah. And um, he was, he is now like a really great straight actor, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always the tough cop or, you know, he played that character from, um, I forget the name of it. It was some comic book character. Fantastic that, Four. That's right. Yeah, he played the thing. That's yes. where I know Michael Chiklis. I, yes. People didn't like it, but like that came out when I was a kid. I yeah. loved the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun movie. But he was the commish. You know, yeah. so he had a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. Um, he still, you know, has a lot going on. But nobody would believe that he started out, his first love was musical theater. And right. I did two musicals with him when he was a youngster. He, he and I were, you know, I think he was like three or four years younger than me. But, um, you know, that's how he broke in, was having the skill to get on the stage. Mm-hmm. That cult, that goes right into the, uh, you know, the, the getting the auditions for straight acting. So it's a skill, right? You don't have to be great at it, but you mm-hmm. need to be able to maybe pull the rabbit out of the hat to get to the next tier, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what? Uh, we're going to let our audience know that uh, Art for Living, or I should say WKXL, is going to be starting a new program. And we invite anybody that might be interested uh, in perhaps participating in this program to get in touch with us at newhampshiretalkradio.com. But it's going to be a radio theater program. And um, we're going to have folks involved in maybe seven productions, eight productions a year, and bring radio theater to listeners here at WKXL. 
because don't forget, you guys might be hearing us on the radio right now, but when we're online, we're all over Europe. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. My my, uh, the general manager today was telling us that we had a two and a half hour uh, zone of straight listening from the UK today. So you know they're, they're listening from all over the world online, and uh, listening maps are now telling us where where we're hearing our followers. But in any case, I think that an opportunity here is to be had to bring in younger uh, younger actors and work a little bit with radio theater and and learning acting with the voice because that's that's really crucial to being good on stage yeah. you know so we're going to be doing that and uh, coming up probably february will be the first one nice yeah so you'll be part of that little um, production i'm not sure what we're going to call it maybe some of our listeners out there can can let us know some ideas for a name for it but we want to do a real radio theater uh, program and in, fri- in uh, February, we're going to have like a one act and we're going to present it online here or, you know, on, on the radio and uh, yeah, in a live format, you know, and, and see how it goes. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm interested in having you join us with that. So that'll be something to uh, write home about. I will. Yeah. So what so tell us, what do you have in, in mind now that we're starting 2024? Any plans or? Um, well. I was taking my Christmas break to just really calm down after doing so many back-to-back shows because I had this idea <laughs> in my head that if I did more, I would do better, and then things got worse. Yes. So I was like, okay, I need that break. So I was taking that break. One thinking about it at all, but now that things are gearing up again, um, I don't have anything planned yet, but I am looking, you ah. know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Pittsfield has a show coming up called um, Getting Away with Murder, which I've read the script for. Um, it's a very interesting script. Hmm. I'm probably going to end up auditioning for that. Um, I don't know what other theaters are doing around here right now, but I'm sure I will look into something. Um, and but then, you're going to be you're going to be situating yourself with the theatrical, not necessarily musical. Yeah, no. I figured what I would do is that, like on stage, I would be focusing more on that, but I would be taking my off stage time to really develop my voice better. Mm-hmm. I lost my verse, my voice during a show. Um, in November, and that was really hard, really painful, mm-hmm. um, and that's not something I want to repeat again. So I really <laughs> want to take time to uh, figure that out. Yeah, figure that out because I, I will tell the listeners this: um, losing your voice one night while you're really sick, and then having to come back two more times that weekend to do it again. That Monday, you will be in a lot of pain. Mm. I can tell you for sure because I remember waking up that Monday. Almost crying. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not f- it's not fun. Um, the, the the whole world of you know opera, of course, is based almost entirely on the sound. Right? You are yeah. only as good as your last performance in opera, mm-hmm. and they're only too happy to take you off if it's a little bit less. Um, but opera is full of what we call the wonderful drug cortisone, and uh, fortunately, I've never had to use it. Um, and I was pretty active out there singing opera in my day. You know. A lot of performances, yeah. and fortunately, never really had to use it. But cortisone is, if you're in Broadway, mm-hmm. if you're uh, at the opera house and you get sick, you're on cortisone because yeah. the vocal cords swell. Mm-hmm. That's why you lose your voice is because the vocal cords swell due to mucus or illness, right? Yeah. Or sometimes overuse. You know, pop singers live on it. <laughs> it's bad stuff. 
It is not a drug you want to take if you don't need to because it doesn't ever really leave your system and it's very potent. It's a, it's a, it sort of suppresses the immune system, uh, but it allows things to heal quickly. So if you lose your voice, you can have a cortisone shot and your voice will come back, but you now have cortisone stuck in your body for the rest of your life, which may not be a great thing. So I've always told my singers, my young singers that come in, even not young singers, uh, the money you spend to learn scientifically how this all works is the best money you'll ever spend because if you're an actor or a singer, you need your voice. And you need it to last a long time. And you need to get, you need to be able to stay well through performing. Oh, yeah. So I think you're very smart to have that plan. All right, I hear my music. We're going to take a little break here. WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com, Artful Living here. Jane Cormier, your host. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Hang tight, we're coming right back. Welcome back. Jane Cormier here on Artful Living, WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. And uh, my guest today, Luca J. Pellegrini, and is a young man who's been catching the, uh, the theater bug. And we've been discussing all kinds of things. And if it sounds like I was laughing, I am. And Luca probably doesn't know why I'm laughing. But, you know, I don't know about you folks out there, but I can tell you. I'm 64, okay? And I have never in my life seen as much illness as I've seen, felt the last month, or seen in the last month. I don't know what's going on. I went through COVID with nothing, okay? I went through COVID not even thinking anything of it. And yet this last month, I don't know one person that's not hacking away here. We're, we're, we're sitting here in the radio studio, if you could picture this, with a soundboard to the right. And we're cueing people when to bring the mics down so nobody can hear us cough out there. And it's like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know what's going on, but you know what? We have to get well and we have to get better soon because this is for the birds. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just on a, a, a sports show. Um, and I like the Bruins, right? I'm a Bruins fan. So occasionally I'll stop in when Slim is here on the sports machine. And uh, we were talking and we were doing the same thing, you know, shutting down the board so we could cough. How bizarre is that? You know, I've never seen it like this. So and I've been sick, too. So you know what? This has got to stop. I think what do we need to do? I don't know, Luca. What are we going to do about this? I don't know, man. I, I was talking to a friend of mine, Sarah, um, who used to be a teacher. And she was like, yeah, no, you're going to get sick for about two years. And then... Um, <laughs> two years? Yeah, yeah. Like, she's, she's like, yeah, no, so here's how it was for me. Two years I was sick, and then I never got sick again. That's why I keep getting sick, because I'm around children all the time. Of course. So yeah. I'm just like counting the days. <laughs> just like, when will my immune system be like, okay, you're just, you're good now. The yeah. common cold has nothing on you. Yes. No, I don't know what it is. There's definitely something out there. And I'm sure everybody listening is saying the same thing, because... This, this hacking away thing and it doesn't seem to go away and it's totally unproductive and every single person I know and believe me I know a lot more people than what's here at the radio station uh, have the same problem yeah. so it's obviously something in the in the bug world there yeah something in the air anyway anyway as a singer this is a, a, a tough time because when you have gigs and you're sick there's no singing 
and uh, then there's no pay. And sometimes there's even upset people with you. So it's yeah. no it's no fun for sure. Absolutely not. All right. So we're going to have to work on those lessons. We have to get those lessons going. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, then you could do your theater and learn about the singing. And mm-hmm. then at some point you can culminate the two together. Absolutely. I would love to. <laughs> I think that's a plan. Yep. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, where do you see yourself five years down the road? Oh, five years down the five road? Five years down the road. Uh, no, let's change this. Because okay. you know what? When I say where do you see, mm-hmm. that leaves way too much room to be negative. Yeah. So where would you like to be five years down where the road? Where would I like to be yes. five years down the no, road? Now, we're not sitting here qualifying. Mm-hmm. We're not saying what you can do, what you can't do. What would you want to do five years down the road? Just five down, years down the road? Um, optimistically, just... Having a nice theater or performance job in a city um, and either living outside the city and commuting in every day, something like that. And um, Are you city-oriented? or you... Um, Yeah, I'm, like, pretty comfortable. I, like, I never lived in the city. Mm. But, like, I did mention earlier, like, I went to school in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Jamaica Plain. Yeah. Um, that's right where I went to school. Every day, eight years. Um, so I'm pretty used to Boston. Um, so I do like the city. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gotten very used to the ruralness of living in New Hampshire for close to five years. It's something to be said for it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah definitely. for sure. But, I mean, if I really wanted to take acting seriously, I mean, everybody says you got to go to a city. Just, you know, that's where the people are. Um, and so, yeah, I would like to be living in a city, um, just working as an actor. Yeah, um, making your way as a, a yeah, paid actor. Yeah, actor. Singer, you know, or you know, doing some writing on the side, definitely. I mean, I'm, I, I know acting's been my focus, but like I've been trying to reorient myself to get myself back up on my writing. Yeah, because I really enjoy my writing. Hey, you know what? So. You should write your memoir <laughs> as you go. No, I'm not kidding, because uh, you you're starting out young, and I know when we're young, you think, oh my gosh, you know, I've got so much time, blah blah yeah. blah. But the truth is, the interesting interesting things are being seeded right now. Yeah. While you're young, you don't know that. But yes. those seeds are going to grow in different ways. If you can write down in a memoir mm-hmm. as it's going or journal, you know, that story might be something pretty cool by the time you're done. Maybe. Yeah. You know? I think I'll have to take you up on that. Yeah, take a, I'm telling you, journals are a great thing. I journaled from junior high uh, probably last five years, not so much, but right up until then. And those journals have so much stuff in there that I laugh at uh some of my you know exploits that happened but you know what it's great to read on just a personal level Mm -hmm. but now i actually do have somebody that has uh teaches a class in memoirs her name is gail Schilling, and uh, she is a teacher and she's an an author Mm -hmm. and she sent i had her on the show a couple of weeks ago she sent me a beautiful card over Christmas, and she wants me to get together with her to start my memoir. And I thought, oh my God, I don't think I could even begin to uh, put that thing together right now. But, you know, something to think about. I could, because I certainly have all the resource material. Yeah. You know? It'd be kind of fun. Absolutely. (laughs) So I guess I'll have to buy a journal or something, or something on my notepads, and wait 20 years, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, not wait 20 years, but you know. No. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, start start now. Don't put things off. That's the big trick to success. Oh, yeah. Oy. Absolutely. Putting things off is, uh, as a giant procrastinator, that's my enemy. It's everyone's enemy. Yeah. And it's the number one enemy of creating. Yeah. Once you could be the best, the most lively, the most talented creator of any means, mm-hmm. and uh, 
procrastinating will always be the thing that will stop the success. Number one. So don't procrastinate. That's your lesson for today. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you're going to be doing, you're going to be auditioning, I guess, for getting away with murder at the Pittsfield Players? Uh, Yeah. I don't remember when that is. It's. Let's take a look. uh, Yeah, sure. It's like on like the social medias or something. Well, you know what? If I can look it up, um, we could tell our listeners yeah. uh, when they could audition if they were so inclined for Pittsville players. Absolutely. Yeah. So here we go. Home, home. Let's go. It's a little slow here, folks, but that's okay. We're working it. Yep. All right. So um, they have something coming up. The Haunting oh, yeah, of the, the Scenic Theater. Yeah, The Haunting of the Scenic Theater. That's just going to be a um, uh, just kind of like a haunted house thing. Um, okay. So but that'll be really fun. This um, getting away with murder, I don't see on here. I see 10 ways to survive the zombie apocalypse. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's their next upcoming production. Um, hmm. Okay. Well, I yeah. think that is. That's in February. Uh, yeah, that's in February. Um, it, it's up somewhere. Okay. Um, I may be just missing it. But yeah, I think it's like around January, February, March. Okay. I think, yeah, I think auditions are going to be in like March. Um, oh, are they? Yeah, that's... My thought, so if it's up in March, that means it's probably going to go up uh, April or May, around there. Okay, are you going to be doing anything with the haunting of the scenic theater? Um, yep, I am I am involved with that. Okay. Um, I don't want to give too much away. Oh, okay, all right. Because the guy in charge of it is right across the glass, and I think he might, <laughs> he's Andrew! smiling at me, and, and I think he Andrew, might hurt me. Andrew, are you there? <laughs> Get on the mic. Yes, I'm here. Okay, so I see your name here. What the heck is this? Uh, well, you know, The Haunting of the Scenic Theater is a is a two-pronged event, one that serves as both a fun little haunting uh, experience that talks about the uh, some of the various stories that have occurred within the theater. Oh my goodness, really? And then we also get to give our... Uh, our lovely audience, a tour of the facility to see what goes on behind the scenes at oh Pittsfield. Oh my goodness, isn't that cool? Yep, so it serves it serves as a two-pronged purpose. Wow. Uh, they get to have a fun little um, light-hearted haunting experience, mm-hmm. uh, and they get to see the you know, our green room and our costume area and all the fun stuff that goes on oh, behind the that's scenes That's a great idea. That's coming right up. So that's what? That's uh, Jula- January 12th and 13th. Yep. Yep. Coming yeah, a two right night, up. little two-night experience. Wonderful. Yeah. And uh, if you want ticket information, you go right to the site, pittsfieldplayers.org, correct? That is correct. All right. Good to go. We'll see that. We stumbled on this. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. And, oh, by the way, I found the dates. The um, Yeah, the sh- for getting away with murder, that's going to be going up on April 26th, 27th, and May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A lot of shows, huh? Yeah, so... Wow, cool. Yeah. All right, well, that'll be fun. And uh, there's also, just so you know, there's a... March 23rd is an open mic night, too. Yeah, I'm probably going to be doing that. (laughs) I guess you're just doing everything in Pittsville. I know. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, I I love to say I'm a New Hampshire actor, but the truth is I'm just a Pittsfield actor. I see. Well, there's no just to it. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Okay. All right, so this is good information. And uh, we hope that everybody out there will go to pittsfieldplayers.org and see what's coming up because they have some great stuff going on there. And we want to thank Luca J. Pellegrini for being on the show, Art for Living with us. Thank and you for having me. I wish you all the best in, in your endeavors going forward, Luca. I'm sure you'll be great and successful and happy. That's the goal, anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. And we thank you, our audience, for joining us today. WKXL. 
14.50 a.m., 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is Jane Cormier signing off, and we'll see you at our next Artful Living episode.